appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is comedian Jay Bliss, man, and I am uh, honored to have uh, one of the OGs on with me uh, today, man. Uh, met this brother uh, I knew by name, but I got a chance to physically meet him a couple months ago, man, in Delaware, man. Um, y'all welcome Larry Lancaster, man, to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. What's up, man? What's up, brother? What's up? What's up, Bliss? Bliss no, followers? No doubt. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Like, so I didn't know you were headlining when uh, we went to uh, was it Bear, Delaware? So, right. you know, uh, long story short, I got a partner, man. I got an ice cream place uh, in Delaware. He do comedy on Fridays and Saturday nights. So we was up in Jersey for a funeral, and oh, wow. my cousin was like, "Yo, let's go down to Delaware and check Marv out." So Marv was like, I was like, all right, let's roll down there. And I was like, yo, I'm not doing no jokes. That's the first thing I said. I ain't doing no jokes, right? So I get down to the spot. I see the poster. I'm like, oh, Larry Lancaster. I know I didn't knew you. I didn't know your name for for 15 years because I started comedy. Wow. Like, wow. I started in Charlotte. My my workout room. All right, my my home club was the comedy zone, but my workout room was uh, Big Chill and Scandalous with Tone X. And uh, Chris Funny Man Robinson and Upcats. Mm-hmm. So, so you came up, you came up under some good ones. Yes, like yeah. Bird, Birdman, all, all of them. Like yeah. So when I heard your name, I'm like, yo, that's Baltimore, right? Like that's the first mm-hmm. thing. That's the first thing that right. came to my mind. So you know, you talk to comedians and they say, oh, this is who I work with. Uh, your name right. came up a couple right. times on the podcast by itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I work with Larry Lancaster, you know stuff like that. So when I saw the name, it's like, yo, <laughs> I was ready. Then the host was like, I'm only doing five minutes. And then uh-huh. I was like, well, who y'all featured? They was like, we ain't got no feature. He was like, you want to do some time? I was like, nah. Then I thought about it. I was like, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and let, me, let me peep you to this. The <laughs> only reason I did time, because the host made it seem like he really didn't want to do much time. Right, right, right. Me knowing comedy and knowing how many people was in there, it's not fair yeah. for a headliner to get up there and have to work that hard and what right. if that host bombed? Right. right, so I was right. like, "Yo, I do." Yeah, what, what if the headliner bomb? <laughs> right, you know but I mean? you, but you know how tough that is, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you, when you come in, you ready to do work, and and I had no idea you was about to do two hours. Like, I was like, right. "Oh, this dude." But is see, like you know what, though, Jay? That's probably why Legal said what he said. Like, I'm gonna just do five minutes because I know this cat. <laughs> which I had no idea I was gonna do two hours. It just right. felt so good. And you know, when you find moments yeah. like in the pandemic, post pandemic. Yeah. You got to take them because we really don't have moments like that. We had them pre-pandemic, but the pandemic has been kind of weird for comedy. And so we've been making it work, struggling through. So when you find those moments where you feel like before the pandemic, you just want to stay in it. Yeah. What what was your last show before the pandemic hit? Everybody remembers their last show. Yeah, my last show was actually with Mike Brooks down in Waldorf. And it was it was so close to crunch time. I was like, yo, we still having the show? Because, you know, they talking about shutting shit down. You know, you got to call people. And we just made it in. Like, the next day, everything was shut down. Shut down, yeah. For that, I was uh, on the Alpha Male tour with Grady, Ray Grady from L.A., my man. That's my brother. Yeah. Uh, uh, my, my brother, Antoine Scott from Virginia, mm-hmm. and my brother, Ball here from Chicago, who also lives in Atlanta. So we all was on the Alpha Male tour. tour right. And we had a couple of dates lined up, but the pandemic shut it down. So we kind of got that in. And we also do a podcast on Mondays just to stay relevant until, you know, we can get back out on the road. So the Alpha Male tour with the four people you just named, is that the base of the tour? 
Those yeah, are- and also um, a DJ side kit. Okay, okay, yeah. no doubt. And so yeah. basically the premise is, you know, with a lot of, it seemed like particularly male masculinity is under attack. <laughs> and we get labels like toxic and, and there is a such thing as toxic masculinity. Yeah, but yeah. what we wanted to show was that, yo, it's okay to be a man and be unapologetic about the shit and think like a man, have a man's beliefs and philosophies without, uh, you know, feeling like you got to apologize or backpedal and all of that shit. So that's where that came from, because that's how we show up in life. Absolutely. I, I hung around my grandfather too much to be right. backpedaling, backpedaling no. from what I'm talking about. My grandfather used to drop little seeds in my ear from time to time. And I just watched how he carried himself. You know, people were like, you should go get you a pedicure. You should go get you a manicure. I'm like, yo, okay, okay. Well, I imagine my grandpa sitting in no darn joint getting his nails done. Like, nah, yo, man. Like, They don't make men like that no more, yo. Nah, they, they don't. You know they them stories when you're like, my grandfather built this house. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he, he wasn't no construction worker. He ain't had no train. Nigga just built the house and the shit lasted. Like, then passed it down to nine generations. Like, you don't men like that no more. You you absolutely right, man. My grandfather cut you know he, he cut a whole cow open and, and cut him in the shit like shit like that. I'm a city boy. I ain't grow up like that. Right. You right. So right. manhood to me is 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 a different variable depending on your geographical area. Right. And then it's like uh I'll give you an example. Last night I was out at a cigar lounge. So we was out there chopping it up. And one dude was real mouthy, like this white dude mm. out there was real mouthy. And, and me and another dude, he didn't know me. I ain't know him. But I could tell you he was from up north just by the way he was carrying himself. Right, right, so I'm right. like right. chopping it up with him. I'm like, yeah, what up, dude? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. White dude come back out and was like, anybody sitting right here? He sat right next to this black dude. Now, this dude is 300 pounds easy, right? Mm-hmm. Dark skin, brother. I mean, when I say dark skin, I'm talking about like one of the darkest you ever seen. Right. And the white dude looked at him and was like, why are you so black? That's just what Are he you said. Serious? Yeah, and I look, right? I'm, I got my glasses on. I take my glasses off. And the dude just stared at him. And he's like, um, what you mean? He was like, I mean, look at me and then look at you. He's like, "How? why are you that dark? So I was like, yo, my man. And I just stopped him for a second, right? I said, um, he's like, I, I, don't, I don't mean to come off. I said, you, well, you did. Right, yeah. And that ain't the time you to did, say it. Right? You said the shit. So what happened was his girlfriend came out explaining he had Asperger's, right? So we was like, oh, okay, it makes sense yeah. now because socially yeah. you're awkward. So you yeah, didn't know that how does to make a lot question. of sense. Yeah. You didn't know how to ask that question. But right. before his girlfriend came out, it was another black dude who was like, let me let me set you straight on something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, um, I'm like, yo, as a grown man, you got to give another grown man respect. It's a way to talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like when you came off was wrong. He's like, well, I just didn't know. I was like, okay, so you chose to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. You knew it was a better way to ask that question. Like, and we was going in on them, and then the girlfriend came and kind of explained everything. Right. But still, like, yeah, but get the fuck out of here. Like, like right, 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 right. Like, right, like, right. <laughs> but grown man shit is basically what, what it boils down to because, like, when you grow up around other grown men, uh, I think I got the, the crux of mine in college. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in college, being around that, that many dudes, and, and 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 that many different people that carry themselves different ways, you get to know how to talk to people. Right. I mean, you know, you might have a dude that went to college with you that that's disrespectful to women, and then a dude mm. from the south that ain't for that shit. Right. Be like, yo, don't ever talk to no female like that in front of me again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you see them go at it like, yo, like right. I want to see, 
it's like it's like that whole that whole maturation process. Especially but it's good because we we can put that pressure on each other. Absolutely. To, to be better. Absolutely. And that's that's the part that I try to explain to my daughters and my ex-wife at times. Like, you can't worry about no dude raising his voice at another dude. Like it's not it's not as bad as what it seems when you see it. Right. Sometimes it's a, it's a temperature check. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes time, you ever seen you ever seen them heated ass debates in the barber shop where cats be like, you be thinking they about to come to blows, but it's just who LeBron better than Kobe, and and then you just like them cats get all yeah. hyper emotional. Right. But that's just some some cats just passionate, and so when you're around men. And you grow up in that, you're not threatened by that. It doesn't nah, you, you, you not, like you might right. have a dude that stand by the side and go, just because you loud don't make you right. Right, you right. Like, you what, right, like, right. Uh, I like that. Like, <laughs> always, like, like, let the dude yell and be like, look, man, raising your voice don't mean you right, John. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I love it, man. I, I love it. I love, I love grown man the base. I miss the barbershop, as you can tell. You know what I mean? Um, so you don't you don't go for nothing, Jay? I, I used to go for the like little beard lineup when I when right, I when right, I really right. feel myself. I I'll, I'll let them line up my beard, but you know uh, I used to test out a lot of my material at the barbershop. Right, right. Like my my test at the barbershop was if I could sit in a chair and somebody giving me a cut and I could make three strangers laugh that don't know who the hell I am by me right. talking in the chair, then the material works. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. I would get in the chair and my barber be like, what you got for me today, Jay? And I'd be like, all right, so here's my premise. You know what I'm saying? And I start talking through the shit and I cast it be like, stop the, like they be telling the dude, stop the clippers. They start burning over laughing like, yo, this dude, wow. And I used to be like, yo, and they're like, yo, he a comedian. And you know, and it, it would just be good, good banter back and forth. You know what I mean? As far you, as- You like, familiar with T-Ray from, I'm a T-Ray, not T-Ray, T-Ray. Two my Ray, man from Philly. Philly. Yeah, T-Ray, yeah. Yeah, OG yeah. from Philly, right? Yeah, good dude. yeah. So he got a joke about that where he's like, yo, um, this ain't the haircut I wanted. Cause you know, he bald like you, right? <laughs> so he said, you know, the, he said, he said, I want hair like Larry, but that ain't what God bless me. Right. He said, I get in the barber shop chair and the barber at one point was like, look, man, you gotta stop getting in the chair. You wasting my time. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. You can come hang out, tell some jokes, whatever, but all that getting up in the chair, like you ain't even gotta do that. Bro. I and heard that joke. That when you were yeah. saying about being bald, my, right? my, my barber told me, this was a true story. My barber told me, I said, yo, man, my joint, my, my hairline just quitting over here, man. Right, right. He was like, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jay. He said, we gonna have to um Devise the exit strategy, my man. Like, like he was like, you got. He said, like, you got like, you know, good four months, man. Yeah, He's right. Like, wow, I can't, was, I can't do nothing with you. I see, I can't had, do nothing with you after that. Yeah, your headline was terminal for my joint. My joint right here, like I'm like where I'm showing you that joint right there. That joint just got up and quit one day. Like yeah. he was like, I'm out. Like he was like, I'm out. Right. I, I said that joint on flows. Me, I said when I find my headline. I'm whipping his ass on site. Like me and him got straight beef. Like we had, I mean, when I tell you, when I tell you, Larry, my waves was impeccable, bro. Like, mm -hmm. like if I let it grow in right now, it ain't gonna be no hair here, but all waves everywhere else. And I was like, because Yo. you know what happens? The brothers with the nicest hair went bald first. <laughs> See, my hair thick and nappy. I still got a foot. All the brothers had the curly hair and the, oh. the curls in the real thick waves. They went my, bald first. My way, my waves was. I, I needed no wave cap, Larry. Like my right. my, my my sister put my Jones in when I was seven years old, and I'm Jones stay fresh from that day forward yo like mm -hmm. yo i was i was so hot 
But I miss the barbershop because it it, it it's the it's the uh, what do you call it the 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 clubhouse or, the com the camaraderie right for 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 the male you know what I'm saying like right. and then the barbershop that I go to down here you know all the cats in there wear the bow ties and they dress nice and and they had an executive joint where you get a beer in there right you know you, get, you can sit back play pool you know they mm -hmm. got all the joints set up you know what I mean and I and just, so where's that where's that Jay uh, it's called No Grease so they got like five locations now. And then, no, I mean, uh, where is the one you go to? In Charlotte. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah. where you are now? I'm in Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Charlotte, man. So, you know, um, let me let me ask you this, man. Um, being from, like, the Baltimore area, I mean, you guys don't get as much shine I think you guys deserve as far as the comedic, the comedic presence that's there. Like, you guys have a great area. Um, I, for the comedians that I know that come out of Baltimore, they actually doing work, and they actually right. they actually do a good thing. Uh, in that area, and I, I recognize when you came and did the show at, at the at the uh, spot, you had a little young and with you as far as like somebody up and coming because he was like talking to me, you know, as he was on stage. He like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just trying to get my grind on, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, yo, man, keep writing, keep doing your thing. You you at you with a good dude, you know what I mean? Right. And, and then the young dudes that was around, I was talking to them, and I was like, yo, call me, mm -hmm. call me on the phone because the information that I have to give to you, you gonna want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, a lot of people don't go that route, but I always recognize the OGs or the ones that's been doing it for a minute that keep the cat close to them. They be like, yo, you can do it, but let me show you how to do this grind. And let me show right. you how right. to get it done right. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So so what would you feel like, um, like, what do you feel like the Baltimore scene is like now? Like, do you feel like the, the internet sensations are kind of messed up the game a little bit? Do you feel like... <laughs> Is some cats out there that are still trying to do it the hard way? Is it some cats that's like, yo, I can get this quick fame, fill up a room, and get my money? Like, what do you? What yeah, do you that that's it. That I got mixed feelings about it because I appreciate the internet cats because they're not waiting to be tapped next. Right. They're not waiting for permission. So I do respect that aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is there's no quality control. Um, you don't have people um, really learning from a vet the do's and don'ts of comedy. You got a lot of the cat, and I ain't saying all of them, nah. but a lot of them, you, you see them steal the material or you you hear people's jokes in the skits and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah. yo, that's that's somebody's joke right there. Like, yeah. but um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like an old dinosaur and be like, oh, that shit, you know, because I do understand like, yo, it's a new era. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, the technology has made it, where people can be seen all over the world and they can build a following. Yeah. But I just want to say to any of those cats who, who aren't doing it, you just got to do the work, man. And, and at some point, what you do on the internet is not always going to translate to the stage. So the stage is a completely different animal. I, I don't think it, I don't think it ever translates though, Larry. Like, like, cause, because what but you we, know what though, Jay, let me, let me say this. Mm -hmm. A lot of times because the people have an internet following, it's not a pure comedy following. So as long as you show up as whoever you are on the internet, that following is satisfying. Right. It only bites right. you in the ass when you got a comedy crowd right. that knows comedy, comedy savvy, and they done seen the comics that are that are good, and then you come with the internet bullshit, and they like, mm. but if you, uh, sometimes them cats don't really pay a price because it depends on who's in the seats. And most of the time, it is the people who follow you on Instagram or whatever. Right. And they satisfied with whoever you, sh 
As long as you show up as whoever you say you are, then they good with that. They don't, you ain't got to necessarily be funny or be original or any of that. Yeah, and that's that's all factual information. Thing about it is, is like you you can go into a uh, um, I, I, I'm gonna throw a name out, and it's not, it's not no shade. I'm just gonna throw the name out. Like you can go do a Country Wayne show, right? So Country right. Wayne is Country Wayne. Everybody know who he is. You know, I'm here to save the day. Big right. eyes. That's just who he is. He come out. His skits he, are funny to me, by the way. Right. He's he can shit. talk. He can talk the same way he do on them skits. He can mm-hmm. do crowd work for 45 minutes talking to people how he doing them skits. But the person that comes before them is a true stand-up, right? Mm -hmm. The people don't get done with the Country Wayne show and come out to the true stand-up and go, hey, man, you on your way. And you go, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm good. Like, he's not, he can't do what I do. But I'm not doing what he does. And that's what people don't understand. But when, like you said, when that person from the internet tries to take that space of somebody that knows how to write a joke, a person that knows how to control the audience of strangers, a true comedy audience ain't the same people that's going to see Country Wayne. And the Country Wayne folks ain't never been in a comedy club before. Right, right, right. You know what I'm the, saying? So they don't yeah. understand the way a joke works. Right. The, the, the thing is, um, I mean, it's here. We don't know how long the phenomenon is going to last. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the club owners don't care because as long as you can sell their shit out. They don't care if you're funny. They don't care. You know what I mean? And so that kind of makes it difficult for the for the comic who takes the, the long road. Like, I'm going to get funny. I'm going to make a name for myself one show at a time. It's almost, and then you start seeing the veteran comics had to try to convert and use the <laughs> And then some of them are successful, but a uh, lot of times doing the internet bad, is yeah. counterintuitive to being a stand-up because we're taught, get a, get a premise, Get a setup, middle, punchline, and build a set. Yeah. And, and work on that and try to get that 30 minutes, that 45 minutes, that hour. But yeah. that's not the way the internet works. Everything is fast. You don't want to engage people that long because they got short attention spans. And you don't have to have a completed, finished joke. It could be short. It doesn't even have to be well thought out. And it can work. But it's like trying to be a sprinter and a long distance run at the same, at the same time. time. Yeah, right. that makes sense too, man. That a good. That's a good analogy, man. It's a tough space, man. But I do appreciate, you know, people's pins. I appreciate. It's like it's like hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could be a you could be a mumble rapper and you can make right. all you can sell all the albums. Right. But I'm gonna always go back and appreciate somebody like a Black Thought. Right, or, or not right. somebody whose pen is right. just impeccable. Or, or like, most deaf, or, right? You know, and you like, like, yo, yeah. did you hear what that dude just said? So, yeah. like, when I when I sat back and I watched this set, um, and I didn't watch all two hours because I was like, all right, man, I just seen this. Yeah, y'all had right? So, but I was like watching your set and just watching you work. I'm looking at your premise and I'm like, all right, let me let me see if I can guess where he's gonna go with this. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. I was like, yo, this is is stupid. Oh, like, why? You know, now, you like, know yeah. what? That's the best compliment right there because right, right. as comics, we do that. Right. We like, even if it's funny, we ain't saying just because we guessed it, you know, but it's like when you when you when you can kind of kind of outmaneuver the comic, because you know we all like, okay, I know he about I know where he's going to go. Right. So even when even when I got to the point where I knew you were going to say a line, like I'm right. like, okay, he gotta bring this up. But right. you brought it up in a way that was well past 
what I thought you could just say, oh, he could just say this, but not like, right. dude went all the way there. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's, it's so a pre like like you said, it's easy to go for the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So when you've been doing it as long as we have, that's that's too like when people was like, Oh, I know you got a joke about the Popeye right. chicken sandwich, and right. I go, nah, I really don't. Nah, right. They're like, right. wow, I'm like, cause that's low-hanging fruit, man. Right. And everybody doing this open shit. Mic- right. I'm gonna leave that to the open micers. Like, like what I'm gonna talk about is is uh let me talk about the corporation of Popeyes. Like, let me let me come up with something else different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's and, not separates yourself. Absolutely. And and people people don't get that. It's plenty of stuff to talk about. But how creative can you be in that space? Mm-hmm. And that is the that is the that is the the the, the downfall of, of me when I say I'm too critical of my material. Mm-hmm. I got premises, right? It just don't. It's like when you write it out, you go, ah, that, I don't even like the right. way that start. You know, what I mean? right. <laughs> like, right? So it's a it's a tough it's a tough time. But I like the fact that you on tour with four other comedians because, you know, iron sharpen iron. Like, at, it's at a time where, you know, y'all might be in a space where y'all challenge each other and be like, yo, I need a new five from you tonight. Oh, I hey. go up there and get a new five. Like, let me stop hearing the same set for the last three hey, weeks. Them like, cats I'm, I'm with, man, they gorillas. Every last yeah. one of them. Yeah. Every last one of them headline. You know what I mean? And we, and, and before my, my brother, rest his soul, Tyler Craig, Tyler Craig was with us. Damn, you man. know Tyler Craig was a straight animal. Yes, sir. And so this is, you know, it's like we was like the Temptations, like a super group. Yeah, and every but it was no egos. Everybody respects each other. Everybody appreciates each other, and everybody wants each other to win. And so it's like a family, like really brothers. Like we all like each other and, and love each other and get along. And so that it was good to be in that in that type of atmosphere, man, with some brothers that you know you can rock out with like that. How much? How how did you guys decide? Like who? What order you guys going every night? Um. Well, gr- well, Grady because it's basically his 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 uh manifestation. He came up with the with the alpha male brand and all of that. Yeah. And it's his tour. He really dictated that. So Antoine will host. Um. I think I'm trying to remember. Did 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 I go before in front of Tyler or did Tyler go in front of me? Um. And then I would go up. And then ball head and then great. That's yeah. And so that's it's like everybody line, putting the heat on each other. Yeah, and not absolutely. intentionally, you know what I nah. mean? But it's like you go out there and you try to do the best job you can. Yeah. And that's and that's always good. Like I always like being in lineups where they like, yo, this is who we got for the lineup. You know, this is the order. I'm like, I don't give a damn what the order is. Just tell me how and much you know time. what though, Jay. I I, I want to get to that point because I'm not. Because like when you went up. And I saw him, I'm like, yo, get his ass off of him. <laughs> I'm like, get that nigga the light. <laughs> like, yo. I ain't that dude that like, oh, yo, I don't care if you get a stand ovation. I'm going to go behind that shit. That shit bothered me. I'm one of the first headliners to really admit that because a lot of headliners be like, I don't care what a motherfucker. I I actually appreciate and respect that, but I'm not like that. Like, I be in the back like, yo, get this nigga, man. (laughs) Ronnie Jordan, Ronnie Jordan, (laughs) Ronnie Jordan told me the same thing one time. We was in Birmingham at the Stardome. So Ronnie was the first time I was meeting Ronnie face to face. You know what I'm saying? We had been in different rooms the same time or whatever. Never met face to face, so he had brought his own feature, but he didn't know that the club had booked the feature. Right, so I came on for sure, like yo, I drove six hours, right. man. So they was right. like, all right, we're gonna split the time up. So they was like, what's the order? And I was like, how long your feature been working? He's like, yo, he been doing comedy four years. I'm like, my man, you gotta go first. 
I was like, because mm-hmm. I've been doing it like, you know, 12. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my man went up there and did 15 minutes. They was like, all right, do 20. And mm-hmm. then Ronnie will close the show out. So I'll go out there. I start doing my job. Ronnie George said he went down there and grabbed him something to eat, got him a little something to drink. He said, now four minutes in, he said, Ronnie said, I mean, I got my ass up and went to the right. back. Like, man, I used to start doing some push-ups or something. This dude, right, I right, right, right. I started right. laughing. So he was like, yo, I don't like that kind of, you know, thing. But but Ronnie showed me something too. When I when he came out on stage, he let the music play for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and brought everybody down for a little bit. It was like, all right, y'all give it up one more time for a moment and give it up for them. Right, and then right. just trying to win his own pace. Like he wasn't trying to match nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and that's and then, what I, I seen vets do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where it ain't matter what you did, you, like they, you, that, that shit could be on fire and they putting it out, right? And they rebuilding right. the joint. And yeah. they just, but they got a way of coming out and then drawing the people to them. Right. Not competing, not trying to be as funny as you, but like, okay, I'm here now. Here's my perspective. Here's my point of view. And that's what I had to learn. Like, and it doesn't always work sometimes, right? Right. But but what happens is you can still tell the difference. No, like you can have a guy that's that's inexperienced go up and kill. Oh yeah. But a comic, like, uh, you know what I mean? And then he a guy that maybe didn't get the same kind of laughs. But you like this motherfucker's brilliant, right? Yeah, and it's so funny because, and we, I've had this discussion with different comedians. Two different examples. One is, uh, if you watch the set, you can actually piggyback off that energy and some of right. the jokes that they use with some of your right. material. Say my man right. was like here talking about such and such, mm-hmm. and such. You go into that, so that's basically piggybacking off of that. And there's another guy I was talking to on my podcast. He told me he had a dude that was a just a beast on. Mm-hmm. Had him go out. It was Mike Paramore. Mike Paramore said he went out there, did his time, killed the stage. He said the dude came behind him, made the whole audience forget who the hell was on stage. Right, right, right. And I and he and, he, and I and he said when I tell you I killed it, he's like he's like I almost had a standing ovation. He said, but mm-hmm. the dude went out there and killed it so bad. They probably was like, what's your name again? And right. Then, <laughs> that's that's basically how that that is. And then the, the funny thing is that room we did together when I was there, I did have one more joke to tell. Right, mm-hmm. but they laughed so hard at that one. I was like, "Yo, that's my time, man. Right. Y'all, y'all get ready for your headline." You know what I'm saying? So I was, I did what I was, I did what I went up there to do. Like, yo, mm-hmm. get them to this level right. so that we come out, they ready. You know what I'm saying? And that's that was. I was that's the art to that too, Jay. It took me a long time to learn when to get the fuck off. Not to do that last joke <laughs> because sometimes I, I didn't been in situations where say like something happened in a moment. And I dealt with that, and it was so funny, and I got to laugh so hard. I was like, I ain't going to say shit funnier than that. So let me right. just go me in the exit. Yep, yep. And that's so funny. I've uh, I, I've ended the show one time where I actually had my closer ready to go. Something happened with some crowd work. They laughed so hard. I told the audience, I got a joke to tell that I usually close with, but it ain't going to be funnier than that. So I'm gonna ask everybody just go ahead and follow me on social media and I get on right. social media stuff like that. And I said, yo, if you really want to know that closer, come mm-hmm. see me after the show. And, and and I was I just got off the stage, you know what I'm saying? So it's funny when you do it as long as you were doing it, man. Like we, all the different you you in we call it when you when you can't follow yourself. Like, yo, that was the funniest shit you said. Yo, you should have got off right there. You did 10 more minutes and brought them down. You can't follow yourself. Yo. <laughs> 
but it's so it's so funny like the information you get from other comedians when you get off the stage it's so funny because they're brutally honest with you number one yeah yeah number two, if you if you do mess up they like yo they don't me yo we gonna we gonna go talk about right. this like like like, so you got some, you got some nice, common friends, Jay. Right, no, nah, the friends they, I got, they don't do well. Them. They be like, "No, nah, yo, stay over there with that bullshit." Like, <laughs> oh, don't no. even come over here. If you bomb me and me up to you, the drinks on me because I'm gonna right. talk all night. Like, yeah. yo, we we going out. Yeah, we 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 eat each other up, and you can yeah. always tell a cat be like, "Yo, so so so, how you think I did?" Like, nigga, you know how you. I go, yo, you ain't going home. Yo, I'm gonna call my Uber. Like, nah, right. you ain't going home. Yeah, man, man you going home. Thomas can be mean to each other, man. Absolutely. But here's what I appreciate. Because we know what it's like. Yep. So what I don't like is, say a comic go up and he bomb. And then the host or whoever go up and talk about the comic to the audience who never did. Right. See, right. I don't like that. Right. But we can roast each other because we've all bombed and we know what it's like. So it's like, okay, nigga, you know what I mean? But after you roast a motherfucker for bombing, then you like, all right, yo, you know what I mean? That's another show with that. Because we all been there. So we can do that. But I don't like when comics get with the audience who've never risked anything, never been on stage, never done the shit, and talk about the comic with the audience who don't really understand what that's your time to educate the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this guy's new, you know, give him a chance. You know, and I always say, ladies, remember the first time you tried some shit? You wouldn't. Remember the first time you sucked a dick? You was biting. You was gagging. Now look at you. Y'all done sucked yourselves in the nuptials, homes, you oh, know, because the motherfucker worked with you. gave you a chance to improve. That's a <laughs> and, and so I try to give them that perspective. Like, yeah, I could come out here and talk about how bad he did and shit. But why do that? Because I'm trying to uplift somebody and, and help them get in a space to continue. Yeah, yeah. To, to try another day, you know? Yeah, I mean, the bomb, everybody got those bomb stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so necessary because uh, it's humbling and it's almost like a reset button. Right. You know I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you done your Saturday shows and, and killed it and then did that Sunday show. It was like, wow, I keep doing it. It was like, myself. what the fuck? Right. Yeah, right. It's like that humble show. get that yesterday back. Like, <laughs> shit, why these niggas can't be the same niggas yesterday? <laughs> you ever do, you ever do the comedy house in, in Columbia? Like, you know, they do that Sunday night show. You always know it's going to be some bullshit. You're like, I should have just right. watched the football game. And took yeah, I actually home. did do the, um, the, the comedy house in Columbia. I did the Star Dome. Yeah. Um, I did the thing where they had me headlined for like the first part of the week. And then, and then had, had me had me with uh with my man uh what's my brother from uh Florida? Uh which Dixon? Oh, Marvin, Marvin, Dixon. Marvin Dixon, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Marvin, yeah. you know, Marvin came and you know ripped it up, and that's when I first met my man uh Marvin Hunter. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah, partner, so Marvin man. doing this thing. He's now he's a classic example of a funny guy who's absolutely awesome on the internet. Yes. Like I love what he does. Yeah, and he talking he's talking the same stuff y'all talking. He don't right. he's not unapologetic about being yeah, a man. Yeah, man yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's man shit. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. but it's good calm. I like Southern brothers sometimes because they got really good common sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And he has a real good common sense perspective on shit. And it's yeah. like straightforward, no frills, no frilly language. But yeah. I just love watching them. I like um, I like uh my man Tony Baker. I like uh -huh. what Mike Brooks does. 
Yeah. Um, I like what Antoine Scott does. Like it's a, it's some cats that are doing good shit on the internet. Yeah. And it's like it's 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 good content. It's not just a bunch of silly shit. You know? Right. Right. And uh, you know, I, I you know Tony Baker is that that that's amazing that he actually took he actually took the video that somebody else went viral for using his voice and just found a way to just make it work for him. Wow. And doing the, doing the animal voiceovers and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's so amazing because it's funny that he doesn't have a patent on doing animal voiceovers, but he does it so well. Everybody you knows feel he like, like, he like the father of the shit. Yeah, you feel like you're doing yourself an injustice to even try to overdo. You know what I'm saying? The, like, only, person, the only person that I see that is just as good is Mike Brooks. You got to check yeah, out Mike I, Brooks. Yeah, I'm not, I know Mike. Listen, with, with, I know with the gorillas. What he do with yeah. the gorillas? Yeah, um, I know Mike uh, Brooks from the comedy um, comedy house mm-hmm. in, in Philly. Like before okay. I even thought about doing comedy, I'm from South Jersey. So okay, we would go over to the we would go over to South Street mm-hmm. and the Laugh House. You know what I mean? And watch a show. And the very first comedy show that I think I took a date on, Mike Brooks was headlining. Wow! It, it shocked the shit out of me that after the show you meet the comedians. So he like right. standing right there, like, yo, man, you were funny as hell. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, years later, I'm like, oh, this shit is that's what you're supposed to do. Right, you know? that's what you're like, supposed to do. Right. right. But I just remember that, like, I gotta get him on his podcast too, because Mike Brooks is one of them dudes that you it is is his his accent is not mistakable. Like you can't mistake his accent, but he just was one of them dudes early on. You see on TV, used to be like, Yeah, I wanna do that shit, man. Right. You know what I mean? right. Like, you know what I mean? So just and, a regular guy, but funny as shit. And and yeah. that's barbershop dude. Yeah, Mike like one, one of them dudes. Things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who who was who was some of the people that 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 were like your OGs when you first started? Like who did you come up under? Well, Mike is is one of the OGs that uh-huh. I started. I started with uh Ricky Shackleford, uh-huh. Howard G, Stacy Carver, Jay Phillips, Lonnie Davis, uh uh Joe Wrecker. Um, Timmy Hall, uh, 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 um, who else? Oh, I Kevin Anthony, Chris Thomas, Laugh and Lenny, crazy, like all yeah. those guys are like, you know, the fat doctor, yeah. Coca Brown. Um, I came up on, under all of them. Like, so they, they, they took me in, you know, told me young boy, you funny, you know, gave me a lot of, um, oh, a brother named Ken Reeves, mm-hmm. King Kedar. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a lot, and they they you know they gave me good advice, man. Poured into me. Matter of fact, it's a guy. Um, um, who else? Um, uh, uh, uh my man, um, Todd Rex. He used to go by the name of T Rex. T Rex, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Queen Aisha, um, and 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 then later like Hope Flood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So you know, it, I I really came up under some great vets who didn't mind sharing the knowledge and they yeah. dug in your ass when you need it. Cause you know, you know, when you come in the game, you doing shit that you think is original, but you don't know somebody been doing that shit for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And yeah. then when somebody pull you up, like, yo, you joke stealing. You're like, I ain't stealing. I ain't even never see this motherfucker. Right. right Cause you're right. really not stealing in your mind. Cause right. you, you, you didn't get it from him, but still he's been doing it. So you got to learn that and how to navigate through that shit. You got to, all right, do I still want to do this joke? Nah, you know, I don't want to hear this motherfucker. My, you know, so um, also respecting the light. You know, I ain't Oh, had, I, man. 
Oh and, man, you know, I, that you know that laugh that hits you, and you ain't used to it. You don't want to get off, right? So you out there doing 10, 15 extra minutes, not knowing you fucking the show up. So, let so me, you got to learn this stuff, man. Yeah, that. So let let's let's transition that into something we was about to talk about before we started the podcast, which is it's easy to uh, step on jokes or jokes that you feel that you're creating on your own within the space that we talk about with that urban comedy. Right. There's only so many things we can talk about within the urban environment because we all grew up black. We all grew up in a ghetto. We all grew right. up in the city. We all grew up. We all we all got certain. We all been broke. We all been <laughs> right. this. We all right. know about Kool-Aid and shit like that. We right. know about all those things. So mm -hmm. it's easy to talk about those things. But me, I, I came in starting out in a mainstream room. Right? Mm -hmm. So the mainstream room. There's not a lot of we understand where it's coming from. Right. Not over explaining right. to get them to a space to understand where that punchline is gonna come from. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of your material coming at, right? So then when you when you transition from the mainstream room to the urban room, it's like, all right, I gotta move different. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily move different because your, your materials to still be the same. Right. You tell it the same exact way. But then people are like, "Well, I ain't heard it like that before." Mm -hmm. So then it's like a, it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword. Like it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because you ain't got to come off as abrasive and 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 and, and cut no backflip in your first beginning set. But the urban room is way less. They're not as patient. They not. No, no. They not you know patient. why? Culturally yeah. speaking, black people of uh, uh, always think they're funnier than people who haven't suffered as much because comedy comes from pain. Yeah. So if you look at Jewish people, yeah, black people, Hispanic people, that sense of humor is 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 like funny as shit. And they find humor in places where you normally wouldn't find it. Right. Out of necessity to cope. A lot right. of it is a defense mechanism, right? Yeah. But when you go to a to a and when we say Mainstream, let's be honest. It's a white, white room. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. A white room. They appreciate what you're saying and they appreciate the fact that you're even up there. Yeah. Because they know they're not as good as you. They right. know they're not as so you do a black room, motherfuckers like well, my, my cousin Joe funny than this nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you gotta really set yourself so far above all the funny motherfuckers in the room who never did comedy where yeah. they don't think to try you, where they like, okay, I can see a difference between me and him. Yeah. But when you do a, a, a white room, they give you that kind of respect already because it's yeah. like, I, I didn't want to talk in my board meeting. I, I mean, yeah. just to get up in front of people is, is, is a courageous enough. Right. So when you get up there, they appreciate the fact you ain't got the balls to get up there. And right. then what you're, see, when the black room, it ain't so much as what you say, it's how you say How it. you say it. But in a white room, right. they don't give a fuck how you say something. It's what you're actually saying. So you don't have to have all the theatrics and all the energy. You ain't really got to use all the music. You know, white boys can go up there and be deadpan and shit. Yeah. And still kill. Yeah. If the what they're saying is substantive. Right. But sometimes you try that same shit in a black room, they be looking at you like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. And I, so and you got to grab yeah. back people and get their attention. And yep. then be fun. So I, I have what I call room turners. Like room turners is, is a joke 
that's going to cause people to go, what the hell did he just right. say? Yo, my old dude, wilding. And I have usually about three of them in every headline and set, right? So in a, in a black room, I'll do one of them early. Mm-hmm. Just to get them to be like, all right, all right, right. listen, whatever right. doubt I had before, right. did you hear what this dude just said? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, that, and then that kind of like breaks the mold. Because like right. you said, deadpan, right? That's my style. Like I don't right. do a bunch of movement. I, I, I'm not raising my voice. I don't do no yelling. I just talk, you know what I mean? I'm just having a conversation mm-hmm. with you, you know what I mean? So I, I remember doing a room one time and um, the crowd just wasn't feeling it. And I was just right. like, yeah, like y'all, um, so what was what was y'all weather like today? And just like, yeah, like, I said, cause I'm trying to joke, so y'all ain't, y'all ain't feeling them, so let's talk about some right. other shit. Like, yo, where yeah. you from? You know what I mean? Cass, Cass was like, yo, this dude wild but I was like, yo, I know what I just said was funny. Right. I was like, so I'm not- And sometimes it take a moment like that for you to step outside the script. Yeah. And then you get them and they might rock with you for the rest of right. the Right, because I told him, I said, I'm not, I'm not cutting no bag flip for y'all. Mm-hmm. I, y'all. Y'all was at work all day. I've been driving all day. I'm not, right. I'm not doing nothing extra for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, not, I'm about to go home. I'm about to go to this hotel room and go to sleep. Like, y'all not going to get all this energy out of me. And uh, Cass just laughed because the girl was like, I know that's right. And I just started buzzing out laughing because I was like, I don't know why y'all want us to do all this extra stuff. When right. the material was right there in front of you, you know right. what I'm saying? So, so Jay, when you, when you, you ever been on stage and you started and you can just tell, like, I'm about to bomb. You ever had those feelings? Yeah. And you, you knew, like, it's just one of them nights, like, no matter what I do, it's just, I can t- just sense it. And then there's the, 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 there are those nights where you're not doing well, but you can fight your way out of it. Yeah. And what, so, so, so what, what, what's your, how do you feel about those moments? Like, what do you do? You keep fighting or you just kind of go off the script or what? This, this is where my mind starts scrambling. If I'm in the middle of a joke and I know this shit just ain't going to work, like it's mm-hmm. not going to go, I'll right. continue the joke. But in my mind, I'm scrambling through my material trying to find a joke that's going to make That's going to bring it back. Bring right. it back. But that's where we get lost. Because now we like kids... Uh, yeah, yeah. You, politics, you, uh, you like an iPod shuffle and shit. You instead of just flowing, right? Yeah, you trying to find that joke, right? Now, this joke might be 37 minutes into what you normally do. And let's say you pull that shit out and it worked. Now where you going? Because you can't go back right, to where right, you right. was because that material wasn't working. So now it's, now let me find another angle. And that's what's helpful when you got two hours worth of material. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have I have two hours worth of material as well. But do I like telling the two hours? No. Yeah. There's material yeah. that I love telling mm-hmm. and there's material that I, I, I can tell. Right, so right. When I get on stage, I'm all for the new shit. Mm-hmm. I'm all for cultivating the, the new shit, the newer stuff, the shit that worked or the shit right. that I'm building out. That's what I'm all about. I get now, why you don't tell that one no more? And I go, because, right. you know, you don't, like, don't want to tell it. You're like, I don't want to tell that joke. But it's yeah. so crazy when you bombing. It's uh, like it's like if you're like you a rock band and motherfuckers want to hear that one damn song. That one and you're song. like, yo, we got 20 years worth of work and shit. <laughs> and we trying to, you know, it's kind of like Dave said this when, when, when after the popularity of his show. Right. He'd be on stage trying to do his shit. And motherfuckers be yelling out Rick James, bitch, and you know yeah. all that shit. Right. And so it's like people people like what they like, but sometimes as an artist, 
of course, being an artist, you got to be courageous to be able to like, I know y'all going to like this, but I've already done that. Right. Let's see if we, let me, let me show y'all this. And it ain't even really for you to like it, but it's like when you're an artist, you just like, yo, this is what I feel like fucking doing right now. I feel like doing this. This is right what now. I want to sing about. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to paint. Yeah. And if you like it, fine. I would love you to like it. But if you don't, fuck it. I'm expressing myself. I, I appreciated uh, John Witherspoon, rest in peace, man. Like, mm -hmm. he would go on stage and he would do that Friday bit. The first thing you get on stage, he'd be yeah. in the bathroom for 15, 25 mm -hmm. minutes. Don't nobody he go would, in the bathroom. He would do all his moves. He would do all the line quotes. Yeah, get all that shit And he'd get out of the way. And then he'll start doing it. And I say, that's, that's what I mean by just give them what they want. And then right. you go ahead and do what you right. want. You know and would saying? kill after that, right? Kill it. Would kill, kill it. After it. That. I, seen him, I seen him do the same thing. He yeah. would come out and be like, first couple minutes, you know, why you got y'all the collard greens, Craig, and every right. movie. It's <laughs> shit that you even forget about till you hear him say it. Right. And he said, you got to coordinate. You, you got to coordinate. Right. And then you got to He was in that one too. All that shit. He did all that shit out the way. And then he murders. Yep. Yeah, he Absolutely. was a. A, a true seasoned veteran, man. Real good. Real, Absolutely, great. man. Like it, it reminds me of, of certain things. There's certain people that I just enjoy watching them do comedy, right? Right. Like, cats that no matter what's going on, I absolutely love watching them do comedy. Patrice O'Neill was one of them, but you know, rest in peace. Patrice O'Neill was one of them. But anytime I see a clip today of Patrice O'Neill, I watch it whether I've seen it before or not. One of the comedians right now that just got me enamored. With uh, uh, let me say a, a straight genius too, Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill, absolutely, because his analogies I mean, was yeah. fucking fool. Yeah, yeah it, it was amazing. Yeah, that shit was amazing. Right. So, so give me a comedian right now that no matter what you just enjoy watching. Like yo, like I love this dude work. Um, Tony Woods, of course. Yeah. OG from DC. Yeah. Uh, it's a young cat named Dave Butler. I don't know in who that Baltimore. Is. Oh yeah. Wickedly funny. Look out for him. A sister named Maria Sanchez. Um, I love her stuff. Uh, mm. Ray Diva from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, it's so many, man. Like you know, young cats that people don't know. Because, yeah. of course, I can say the motherfuckers that people know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to tell you something. One of my exes took me to see Bill Cosby, right? Yeah. This was before the scandal, right? Right, right, right. And you know, Jay, you know this. There's comics that you admired before you started doing comedy. Yeah. And then there are comics that once you start doing comedy, you're like, eh, this motherfucker ain't as good as I thought he was, but I ain't know what he was doing then. Right now that I know and understand the magic behind it, he ain't really doing nothing that great. But there comments that you see, and you got 15, 20 years in, yeah, that you like, yo, I ain't gonna fucking never be that good. And right. Cosby was one of those guys. Right. When I saw him, man, I was like, yo, I, people have told me I'm a funny motherfucker, but if that's comedy, I ain't been doing it. Right. This, this dude was a mate, I mean, a, a straight master. Like, where I saw him was, it's a, it's a venue called Pier 6 in, uh, in, in Baltimore, and it's uh -huh. an outside venue. And right. you know, comedy, I don't really like comedy for outside venues. Right. Right? Because it's too big, it's, it's, it's you know, it's too many distractions, motherfuckers can wander off and not pay attention. That shit worked for music, but not for comedy. Uh-huh. 
he made it feel like you was in your fucking living room talking with 10 people. And this is about a, a two, 3,000 seat, right? Right. Outdoors. They normally had like jazz shows and shit like that. And he made that whole spot seem as intimate as being in the living room having a conversation. And he, there were no wasted words. Yeah. If he said an and and a the, the shit meant something, even if it was 15 minutes later. Like the composition and the joke writing, the callbacks, and it was absolutely amazing watching him. Yeah. It really was. That's dope, man. Like, I, I mean, <clears throat> it's a shame that he's going through what he's going through. Right, But right, I think right. both of us, you know, we both remember Bill Cosby himself and how iconic that was right. when he did Bill Cosby himself. And to see, it's funny that you say that because I'm a transition into somebody that I just, I, I'm amazed by watching him is Ali Sadiq. And yeah, yeah. Ali sits down. Mm-hmm. He sits down when he does his comedy mm-hmm. and... Bill Cosby himself is the first time I've seen that happen, and I haven't really seen it since, where he comes out and sits down. No, whole set. He came out, right, Jay? Mm-hmm. He had no host, no feature, <laughs> nothing. And right. did two and a half hours, like, this motherfucker ain't need a warm-up. He ain't need none of that shit. And did two and a half hours, man, by himself, sitting on the stool. Damn. It was amazing. Damn. And it's like, like I said, man, it's like, you know us, comedy is an hour and a half. Right. That's the right. attention span of people. Right. But to be able to have somebody's attention where they stay in for two and a half, people only sit in a movie for two and a half hours. Right, right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? So, I mean, that, and listen, think about how many to Listen years to one person that. talk, if you really think about that, you know, to listen for one person talk for an hour. 45 minutes. That's a lot. You know how that, that to engage people like that? Yeah. When you really think about it, that's 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 serious. And it ain't like it's a conversation where both of y'all giving and taking when you talking and it ain't no one hour conversation. No, you're sitting there listening, shutting the fuck up. So if somebody talk to you for 45 minutes to an hour, hour, hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. That's amazing. Yo, know you know, Larry, I never really thought of it that way. But think about that for a second. Like us as comedians, that we got strangers sitting in the room, listen to us talk for 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And, and, and then not only are we able to express our ideals and push them onto them, but give them how our mind works. Right. Now, they walk in the way, they walking away with a piece of us every time. Right, right. right. And like I told, I said this many times before on my podcast, the way I write jokes is when I write a joke, the next time you in that situation, I want you to think of me. Yeah. yeah. That's how I write my jokes. I want my jokes right. to be so memorable that the next time you in that situation, you'll be like, damn, Jay Bliss. And I go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why. I, that's how I write my material. That's how I want those jokes to come out. But like when you just by you talking about Bill Cosby, just, just that moment inspires me right now to like, even when I get done with this, I want to write. Like, I want to mm-hmm. write. I want to be able to just continue that process. You know what I mean? How much of you are you telling in your stories when you tell your jokes? How much of right. you are you talking about? Right. right. You know what I mean? And that's what separates you from everybody else. It's 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 like I, I had a friend tell me this, Jay, and it's and it's funny that you say that. Uh, my sister named Michelle, brilliant comic. She's really like, I feel like we were separated at birth, like we were twins, right? Yeah. Funny as shit, her, her brand is Andy Mama Comic. Uh-huh. Real accomplished. 
And so she's like a big sister. And, you, and it's funny when you talk about comedy because you got people that you're older than, but they may be your big brother or sister because they've been doing comedy longer. Right. So she said, you want a casting director, if they were watching, to be able to do a sitcom based on your comedy. Yeah. And that only happens when you're telling them who you are. Right. Because at the time, I would just go up and say a bunch of funny shit, and you would laugh in the moment, but it wasn't memorable because it wasn't theme, it wasn't a cohesion, it wasn't anything really coming from me. I was just doing jokes. Right. So she said, think about all the greats who got their own sitcom. Mark, right? His comedy was about relationships. What was his show about? The relationship between his girlfriend and his friends. She said, uh, 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 what was my man? Tim Allen. He used to oh, go yeah, talk about being a man, working in yeah. the garage. What was this fucking co- uh, sitcom talk? Tool Home time. Improvement. Yeah. Ray mm-hmm. Rom- right. Home Improvement. Ray Romano talks about his family being neurotic. What was his show about? A neurotic family. Roseanne talked about being a housewife, poor white trash domestic goddess. What was her show about? She made every comment and you went down and then she said, that's when you, when you started to reach for greatness. When you start giving them you, when you start talking about what you think, what you like, what you don't like, your opinions and shit like that and make it funny. And then I start writing differently and composing jokes differently. Right. And, 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 and I can see that, like, I, I didn't see the, the difference, but other people saw it. Right. You know, the transformation, like, oh, yo, you ain't doing that same shit. You want some different shit. You was funny before, but you want some other shit now. Yeah. And, yep. and so, it. yeah, that's 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 a great way of looking at it because that's when you're really like striving for something different. And it is. It I mean, because I think I think the bulk of my material uh, and it's funny when I did that little spot uh, in front of you, I, I did something probably for the first time that I've never done before. And I didn't talk about my kids. Mm-hmm. So I did my jokes, but none of my jokes was surrounding my kids because I know once I get into that, that's another five or ten minutes right, right, that right. I get into. So a lot of times, my, my my material is about raising twin daughters. I got twin daughters. I'm div- I'm a divorced father with twin daughters. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that's where my material comes. Yeah, from. that's a that's a definitely a unique perspective. And the unique perspective is that I get along with my ex and we we co-parent well. So that's mm-hmm. something that people people don't get their mind around that either. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, that whole process of yeah. the fact that you got twin girls. I didn't want twin girls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, but right. I, something I got to deal with now. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they cool They cool as shit. How, how old are they? They 13. Oh, yeah. And, wow. And they, you got teenagers. And yeah. And they cool as shit because they, they, I had never hid the fact that I wanted boy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But here's the thing. They done met me halfway. Cause they like, yo, daddy, we athletes. Yeah, right. right. And I'm like, all right, we, we can rock with that. And I'm like, just don't be no scrub out there. And yeah, they like, right, we right. got you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, <laughs> what they play, Jay? Uh, right now they both in basketball. So basketball. Uh, one one has played basketball since she was five years old. The other mm. one kind of dipped it off a little bit. She would only do uh, rec league basketball, but she was in the gymnastics and soccer and all this other shit. The mm. other one did soccer, but she wanted basketball all the time. Now, uh, we finally got the little one to, to give the AAU basketball with her sister. Mm-hmm. Her sister was playing AAU basketball forever. Like, she was in fifth right. grade. She was on eighth grade team. Wow. Now, her sister playing, so they both playing on the seventh grade team, and the little one's finally waking up. She mm-hmm. finally not scared out there. Her right. sister's going to try to score on everybody. 
But now the other one waking up and she she didn't hit two threes last week. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, if both of y'all get on, like, <laughs> yeah. like that'd real be nice. I'm looking at it from a from aspect of like, you know, and then they mom played basketball. So I mean it's a whole family thing for them. And I'm just did you did it. you play too? Nah, I play I played football. I, uh, I was a swimmer. I did all other shit. I played basketball on the street. I ain't do the uh organized. Right, right. Cause it wasn't enough spots, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> like, like, you know, you know how basketball is. Yeah, you, you got ten, you got ten, ten, ten to fifteen people, yo. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't one of the top ten, bro, right. I know I used to go to the court. I was never one of the top three picked. I would. They always be like, man, let me go ahead and get Jay, man. Like, right, right, right. Like, I'd be like, I wasn't, I wasn't a scrub, but I wasn't one of the first picks. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, I can only go right when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I played. I played. Um, yeah, I was pretty good too. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah that, that used to be my first love. I would play all day long. I like. I would limp home. My legs be aching and shit. And that's and I, know, I love. I love basketball. That's the thing. Like, like you know, we think about back then the stuff that you enjoyed to do the most. You were stay out at the court, and we would be out at the court. I wasn't no basketball player, but I stay, I remember staying at the court. Yeah, all we day. also we were staying even when we got put on. We weren't playing. We hang around joking and shit. And, all yeah. day, yeah. All that's an all day thing. Like I just, I, I miss that for for the youth. Um, mm-hmm. I do see them out there though. I still see cats out at the courts and stuff like that. Right. But it's like, yo, like, yo, we was out, we was out. Like, we we, was plus outside. we had, we came up, we had rec centers. Rec centers. And so that's something that that, yeah. that they don't really have now too. Yeah. And, and be, every rec center had their own league. They had basketball, they had football, and they had baseball. And a lot of cats. They were like they were like farm teams for a lot of the high schools. Yeah. So they would go and get the certain rec, you know, had was known for this and known for that. So the high school coaches or whatever, they would snatch them from that and then do that. A lot of cats was going to college. Yeah. They well, cut, coming, the funding. cut up in Maryland though. Like you right. know. they so cut you, the funding I mean, for that shit though. Yeah. But see, you're coming around a lot of a lot of ballers, like the Virginia, DC area basketball. Yeah. Happy for basketball. Yeah, always. Like, you know, like the Matha and all. Like, I know. Like Dunbar. Lake Dunbar, Lake, yeah. And all them schools and shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that was, listen, like, you you can't be no basketball player that didn't come through that area and play right. against people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, that was always, like, one of those challenging areas. It still is to this day, actually. Like, even yeah. the AAU circuit, they always say, yo, you got to go through Virginia. Like, you go through mm-hmm. Virginia and Maryland and stuff. Let's see how you you know, team up against those players. You know what I mean. So it's always been like that. Um, let me let me dip into something else I do on the podcast because we get close to the time. Um, if you ever watched the actor's studio with uh, James Lipton, he would shoot <laughs> off at the game, yeah. right? So I, I remixed it and I do it on on, on this podcast as well. Uh, what's your favorite word? Love. Okay. Uh, what's your least favorite word? Meanness. Meanness. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, I have a slogan I use. You see it behind me. It's called TTBS. TTBS is basically anything and everything. You absolutely no control over your life. So the acronym is that's that bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I like is, that. What is that's that bullshit to you? Um, People who lie. Unnecessarily or just unnecessarily because okay, I also yeah. believe that lying is necessary. Yeah, okay, and I got you. The simple act of lying doesn't necessarily make you a liar. It's when you right. habitually do this shit. Right. I right. heard a guy say he rather lie than fuck. 
that's when you're alive. <laughs> if you rather do something that enjoyable, you know what I mean? You turn that shit down to lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, because most people who do it don't have to do it. They don't. And I, like right. we, we saw, we saw four years of that in the presidency. Right. And it was so unnecessary. Like I'm like, my man, you got the followers that you need. You got your base. It's no need to put lies out there to rile them up. They're gonna vote, they're gonna rock with you anyway. But it was but like, see, this, was like yeah. this how this how great minds thinking like because when you asked me that question, Jake, and I said lies, uh-huh. I really wasn't even thinking about regular people. I was thinking about white supremacy in it, but yeah. I was like, that's a little too deep. And you basically said the same thing. Absolutely. He is a product of white supremacy. And, and it, it all, it's all built on lies. Right. And it's like, all built like, on like, lies. Think about it for a second. And let's get let's get a little deep on it, if you, if you will. Like mm -hmm. uh, the lie that they have about black people in general. Everything that you know about us is a lie. Everything right. that you about right. us is a lie. Everything that society has told you about a black man is a lie. That's why right. they look at us as pit bulls right. as opposed to right. a golden retriever because right. all of us are supposedly violent and we uneducated and we we heathens and we, we you know, we animals. But if you peel back the, the banana peel and you realize, yo, dudes is mad intelligent, they mm -hmm. docile, they more egalitarian, these are the people that actually will welcome you more than they'll hurt you. Right. You'll get that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, but it's see, funny. but those things are de designed to support white supremacy. It is. Which is based, which is rooted in the fear of extinction. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Once you understand what white supremacy is and the thought process behind it, yeah. Anything they do, you can say, okay, I see why the fuck you did that. The thing is, your presence alone is a threat to mine because I understand that you're the dominant gene. And if you're the dominant gene, then I'm always going to be threatened by it. Mm -hmm. So when people say, oh, they shot a black unarmed person. No, your presence was a weapon. The fact that your very existence is here means that I could cease to exist. Because if we intermingle or we cohabitate, I'm going to recess and you're going to increase. Yo. And so that's why all that shit is a bunch of bullshit because I need to relegate you. I can't tell you you're a fucking king and you built the pyramids and you're the greatest, most magnificent motherfucker on the world and still think I'm going to control you. So Absolutely. I got to tell you, you're an animal. I got to tell you, you ain't shit. I got to yeah. start your history in America with slavery, which we are the original man. So why the fuck are you starting my history with slavery What's when that? we invented every fucking thing? Everything. Including you. <laughs> that, yo, it's, it's crazy. And it's funny because I just put a clip up last week. Mm -hmm. I, did, I did a set and uh, I just had this joke that I had wrote. And I did it and I said, you know, I'm a little bit of an asshole. And being that I know that it's a huge racial tension in America right now. When I see a, a white couple walking down the street, I wink at the lady. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, just to keep shit going because I'm a little bit of an asshole. Like, like but, but that's, right. that's a perfect example because that, that, that so-called Emmett Till shit. My existence <laughs> is a threat to yours, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing: that's why we envy so much. That's why white men don't like us as much because there's always a small chance that your lady, your lady like me, and right. your lady liking me, that's less of you being created. It's more me being. Right. The fun, it's funny you say because I saw a meme where they had an African statue, right? Right. And they had like the Greeks that, you know, the, the, the statue of David. You right. know, both well built, you know, muscular, you know, right. chiseled out. But right. then when you got to the joint, 
the African joint <laughs> down the head and, and the Lord Davis shit resting on the balls, right? <laughs> and so then the caption said, this is what started white supremacy. Oh, man. Because if you look at the military shit, all the weapons, all the bombs, everything look like big dicks. So it's right. basically like, who got the biggest dick? Yeah. And we're going to bomb your damn country back to oblivion just to prove it. It's right. all rooted in insecurity and, you know, but people who are insecure, they always want you to think they're more powerful than they are. And that's where all of that shit come from. History books being whitewashed, history being retold. We, you know, the, the lies about us and the lies through, through the ages and how great they are. And they even infiltrated the, the educational system and yeah. teach us that bullshit and have us believe it. Believe in it. And right. we got to go out there and re retrain our kids. Right. Oh, that's not what it is. You know, let right. me explain to you, you know, you can learn about the Egyptians, you learn about Nefertiti and, and, right. and, and, and King Tut and everybody like that, but let them, let also tell them that they was black. Right. And then you don't want to let them know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, tell them everything. You know what I mean? So I had a teacher who pulled me up and he was, I had a commercial arts teacher named Mr. Alpha. Uh -huh. And he was the first person that put me on the path to being conscious. Uh -huh. And he told us that, you know, like the Egyptians, they weren't white people. They were black people. And that shit blew my mind, right? right. When we start telling us the things we did in our accomplishments, because as I said before, our history always starts with slavery. So in your mind subconsciously, you think that's the, the first thing you ever did. And then everything after that, you know what I mean? was like- it's progress, right? Right, it's progress. Right. And you're like, no, no, we did shit thousands and thousands and thousands of years before that. Absolutely. And, and the greatest civilizations that you learn about, the Greeks and the Romans, stole from Africa. Like, think we, of, don't, we don't learn that. Think about the African American Museum in D.C., right? right? So you think about that, and then it starts at the bottom level at slave ship. So in African American history, yeah, that's where it started. Right. You know what I'm saying? But here's the crazy thing about it. Even with that, 400 plus years later, look where we at. And imagine where we would be if they left us alone. It's not even fair to even imagine. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I was like, telling us, I like say, you, yo, got Elon, you got Elon Musk trying to go to Mars, right? We would right. already been there, my dude. Right, right. We would already been there. We'd have been living I, on suggestions type shit. I was <laughs> like, no, it would be like the, the, the rainforest. Because the rainforest is undisturbed and unmolested, everything is fucking bigger and grander. Like you would see a butterfly this fucking big. Yeah. You would see a bug, a spider, this goddamn big because that, and that, and I, I, I use that analogy because that's where we would be. That's who we Absolutely. would be fucking seven feet tall and probably be able to teleport with our minds. So Wakanda would probably be a reality rather right. than a fantasy. Right. Like you got to understand like, like, like it's, it's very evident. Like the vaccine was created by a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, and like it's funny how they sweep it under the rug. They mm -hmm. try to make it seem like it was a group of, a group right. of scientists. No, Dr. No. did every goddamn thing. Like that was one, si one sister yeah. that did that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's crazy to me, man. Like cats just don't get it. Um, let me let me go to the next question. Uh, if no one knew who you were, and I had to introduce you to the world, uh, what's your walk on music? <laughs> um. I used to like coming out to uh, Superstar by Lupe Fiasco. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah, listened to Lupe yesterday. You yeah. are a superstar. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, no I like doubt. that. No doubt. And if you had to if you had to retire from the game, it was like, all right, that's it. That's my last one. I'm going out like Coach K, right? Like what like what would be your walk-off music? I did it my way. Yeah, for, for uh, Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. I skipped the question. So that's that bullshit was one. The opposite of that is the shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the shit to you? Love. Love, no doubt. Yeah, kindness. No doubt. no doubt. If you weren't doing comedy, like what, what do you think your path would be? Like what would you be doing, like ultimately? Um... Well, I, working with children, because that's yeah. a passion of mine. And I was a, you know, an inner city kid, grew up in the projects. Yeah. Mother had mental illness, man. Yeah. You know, and, and as a result of her her mental illness, you know, there was abuse. Not not the kind of abuse that, you know, because she was just mean, but she wasn't in her right frame of mind a lot. Right, right, right. And right. so for me, I always like to give back and be a strong, uh, positive male role model for other children. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, man. if you'd have asked me that question five or six years ago, I probably would have. I wanted to be a professional athlete and some other shit. But yeah. working with the kids really changed your perspective, and and, and 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 it makes you think different. Absolutely, man. Like children, I mean, I think I say, my, like when I talk to my kids, I feel like they're so much more prepared than I was at their at, yeah. at my age, and um, like they impress me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I enjoy having conversations with them, but kids that aren't mine. Even when I'm talking to them, uh, I remember right. when, like, when I a few years back, I was doing like Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. and young cats getting in the car coming from school, and I'd be like, "Yo, mm-hmm. what's your plan for five years? Like, when you graduate, what you going to do?" Like, they right. had their old plan set out. Yeah. I'm like, "Yo, yeah. word!" They're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "For real?" Like, they had everything mapped out. So mm-hmm. these kids is thorough, man, and that's why I feel mm-hmm. like I, I I feel good about the future. Um, you know, because like all this white supremacy and stuff like that, like some, they not on that bullshit. No, they not. They're not. And they are intentional about fighting it. Like they, they like, nah, yo, fuck all that marching and all that, that was fine. But here's our demand. Because my son was actually involved in the protest uh, after the uh, George Floyd, you know, and everything, yeah. right? Yeah. And they, they went to the school system right to the headquarters and told them what their curriculum was what they wanted to see in the curriculum no more than uh uh christopher columbus shit you understand yeah. and and so they wanted they said we want an anti-racist curriculum anti-white supremacy curriculum and we don't want to hear the shit where only white people accomplish great things and black people were slaves like they were specific and they gave them a follow-up time like this is when we're gonna follow up and this is when we want to see changes made so it was like, wow, they were sharp, man. They had their shit together. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. That's good stuff, man. Um, I, I think we passed the time, man. And yo, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was you know, great talking to you. Look, I got to be honest, man. I was like, man, I don't feel like doing this motherfucking podcast. <laughs> like, I yo. You know, you, you, you know what it's like, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Podcast, I totally do, man. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly what other comedians tell me. They go, Bliss, I'm going to be honest with you. Your shit ain't like everybody else's, man. Like, yeah. we just chop it up. And just I chop, think, yeah. I think one of the biggest compliments I got uh, was from uh, Ali Sadiq. Because mm-hmm. Ali was like, I don't do podcasts, my dude. Right. I was like, right. I, he said, and something just told me, man, just, just do the Young Brothers podcast. I was like, no yeah. doubt, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he came on and said the same thing. Like, yo, yeah. I went by. We just chopping it up, and I was yeah, like, "Yeah, good shit, shit brother. Good no shit, doubt, man." Good so we definitely going. Um, I'm definitely going to try to have you back on another time, man. And uh, hey, 
I'm gonna see you on the road. Cause like I said, you know, all paths gonna cross again. And right. uh, I'm come where I get a room somewhere down in North Carolina or whatever here. And I'm need some comedians to come down and do their thing, man. I'm gonna have to come down and get you come down here and do another two yeah, hours, man. Yeah, like, yeah like, I, I, I hit the road for you, brother. That's a small thing, man. Small thing. No you. doubt, man. Appreciate your time, hey, man. Thanks Jay, for Jay, can I? Tell them about the um, radio show real quick. I Absolutely, host a, man. Plug all of that. Plug all yeah, of that. Yeah, I host a radio show um, every Saturday morning, um, weaa.org. For the listeners who aren't in Baltimore, you can go to weaa.org and stream. And it's Throwback Saturdays. I play the stuff that we grew up on, right? It's great music, man. And it, it comes on from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. I'm very proud of the show. And I challenge everybody to listen because we entertain, we educate, and we inform. Shout them out with your uh, social media stuff so they can follow you too. Okay, um, you can reach me on all social media as comedian Larry Lancaster, and also I do the Alpha Male uh, podcast on Mondays with Ray Brady, Ballhead, Antoine Scott, and my man Sidekick. Okay, no doubt, man. At nine thirty, no doubt, man. Appreciate you uh tuning in, Thank everybody, you, man. And we'll see y'all next time on the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. Peace, my man. <laughs>